0: everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night's Narrative Live. It's so good to be with you. I'm Zev Shalev. We'll be with you for the entire hour, maybe even a little bit longer, as we talk about two really fascinating things that happened today. Coming up later on, Kirby Summers will be here. She's the author of the Ghislaine Maxwell biography. You may have heard of it. It's fantastic, full of terrific details about Ghislaine Maxwell. And the reason we're talking to her tonight is because this is the week 30 years ago that the world literally turned, it changed forever. Because it is the day, or at least the week, that Robert Maxwell died when he fell off that yacht. We'll go into why he died, who killed him, all that kind of stuff later on. Did someone kill him, in fact? And we'll talk about the similarities between Robert Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein And the reason we're doing that is because the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is just days away from beginning here in New York City. So that all that is coming up a little bit later on. Please stay with us for that. Kirby is fantastic. I will play you that interview a little later on. But the other big news of the day, which is just not, it's just impossible to ignore, is the incredible Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. If you've been watching it today, like I have, you have been gripped by what has been really interesting and impressive, especially by the prosecution. As Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, no matter what you think of him, he's still a very young guy and very impressionable, really uh, having a very difficult time on the stand. I think it's so important for everyone who missed today's testimony by Kyle to actually go through it. So we'll do that for the first part of the show. We'll play some of the highlights of what happened today in kenosha as kyle rittenhouse took to the stand and really you know if you looked at the day it started off with everyone saying this case is going to be found in favor of kyle rittenhouse he's going to be set free that's how the day started but as the day progressed it became really clear that the story is very different i mean even though there were some mistakes maybe that the prosecution made at the beginning it certainly seems like those were overcome today So let's do that right away. Let's go through some of these really interesting clips that happened today. There was a lot of fireworks at the courthouse in Kenosha today, and there was a lot of tears. And we'll begin with that clip, which is when Kyle Rittenhouse, at the beginning, still being interviewed or being questioned by his own attorneys, broke down in tears. And this is as he's explaining or trying to explain what happened that day, how he landed up being in a situation where he shot two people. Um, two of them fatally of course and the third one I think was just injured so here is Kyle uh in his own words describing first to his defense lawyers what happened on that day
1: Dominic Black calls me and he says Kyle I need you to get down to the car source lot number three the cars are being bashed in they're setting all the cars on fire I need you to go and put the fires out
2: okay. and Did you do anything as a result of that phone call? I did. What?
1: At the ultimate gas station, I asked, I I don't know who he is, but I asked an individual if he could come with me and if I could have a fire extinguisher to put out the fires.
2: Were both of those requests satisfied?
1: One of them were. What? I was given a fire extinguisher but he he said he can't come with me um, and he said he believes there's already people down there helping protect the business. Okay.
2: And what did you do then?
1: Um, I I start running towards the car source lot number three to put out the fires, pausing occasionally to catch my breath and walk.
2: Okay. On the way to car source 3 did you have any interaction with mr rosenbaum i did not did you speak to mr rosenbaum no did you notice mr rosenbaum doing anything as you went down to car source 3 i didn't
1: i didn't notice mr rosenbaum until until he came out from behind the car and ambushed me
2: okay i'll get to that did you run the whole way No, I didn't. Okay. You had your gun, correct? Yes. And you had a fire extinguisher? Yes. And you had your medic? My medical bag, yes. And were you asking
1: people about medic, medic at that point? I was asking people if they needed uh, medical help as I was getting down there.
2: Did you receive any responses?
1: No, I didn't.
2: Describe your approach to car source number three.
1: As I'm walking down Sheridan Road, Um, I, I hear somebody scream, burn in hell, and I reply with friendly, friendly, friendly to let them know, hey, I'm just here to help, I'm just, I don't want any problems, I just want to put out the fires if there are any. Um, I continue walking, and then I notice the Duramax, I notice a in the seat of the Duramax, and I step, I step towards the Duramax, and... Um, as I'm stepping forward I believe his name is now Joshua Zaminsky he steps towards me with a pistol and, and as I'm walking as I as I'm walking towards to put out the fire I drop shirt and I, I take a step back
2: okay when you step back from mr. Zaminsky what's your plan
1: my plan is to get out of that and go back north down Sheridan Road to where um, the car source lot number
2: two was. And did you get back? Were you able to go in a northerly direction? I I wasn't. Describe what happens.
1: Once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder, and Mr. Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from... My right side, um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski, and there were <laughs> there were
2: three people right there. <laughs> That's what (laughs) I. That's what I (laughs)
3: run. We're gonna just take time for our break anyway. You you can uh, just relax for a minute, sir. Um, We're gonna take a break
0: uh, about. So that goes on. It's quite uh, distressing stuff, no matter what you think of Karl Rittenhouse. Some of you are saying on the chats that this is just acting, worst performance ever. Some of it may be. Some of it looks like real trauma. I mean, it seems like he's going through a reliving an experience which was traumatic nevertheless. I mean, whether he intended to do this or not, it seems like it was really traumatic for him. And what's really interesting as you listen to his story there is how it changes throughout the day you know he talks about being asked to go and put out these fires well why those fires why did he go there and why did he need to go there? And then, you know, as that question keeps uh, rising up, there's other questions that come up about his intention, why he went there with firearms, why he decided to go there at all. It seems like a really good question. And we'll cover some of that a little later on. I should mention that Glenn Kirshner will be here later on in this hour, probably closer to the start of the next hour, to help us uh, understand some of what we're talking about. But, you know, this is an interesting thing that we're looking at here. We're looking at someone who. I'm not judging this case, but he may have been, you know, provoked, set up. I don't know how you want to say encouraged to be in a situation like this, because he certainly seems to me like he didn't just out of the blue, you know, decide to, to help the community. There was some planning thinking involved there about getting an AR 15, about coming to that community to protect the community. And really what's he doing is a 17 year old lying about being a medic and then going in there pretending to be a medic, going to, really dangerous places as a 17 year old and pretending to be a medic armed with an AR-15 Like something doesn't compute in that. And we'll see how that breaks down as the evidence continues. Now it did get a little testy in the courtroom today. And I will show you a little exchange. I won't play too long of this. This is the judge getting a little irritable with the prosecution and it's telling the judge really seems to be on Kyle Rittenhouse's side. There's no two ways about it there. He just, you know, There's no way to look at any of his decisions up to now uh, as anything other than him being biased towards Kyle's side. So here is this clip as he and the uh, prosecution gets in a bit of a tangle.
2: Forgetting court's rulings or attempting to provoke a mistrial in this matter. He knows he can't go into this and he's asking the questions. I ask the court to strongly admonish him. And the next time it happens, I'll be asking for a mistrial with prejudice. He's an experienced attorney, and he
4: knows better.
3: Mr. Finger?
4: First of all, Your Honor, this was the subject of a motion. I'm well aware of that. And the court left the door open. This
3: for me, not for you.
4: My understanding of You the-
3: should have come and asked. For, uh, for reconsideration, you did on the one motion, and in fact, I granted your motion for reconsideration. That was excuse not me, a motion. I, I, I uh, not sorry, uh, excuse me. I, uh, I did. I granted.
4: We did not move. That to was reconsider. their motion.
3: I, I, we have,
4: I, have not filed any me. motions to reconsider excuse in me. this case. That
3: was their motion for reconsideration, which I denied. But uh, I said, I denied it, or I indicated a bias towards denial. Is what I did held it open with a bias toward denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I I was astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law, it's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. May so I, I don't know what you're up to. May I respond?
4: Yes. We filed another act's motion on this exact issue, because in my mind, and I argue this, it is identical to what was going on on the night of August 25th, in the sense that the defendant was using this exact same weapon. He was using it in a manner to try and protect property. No, he wasn't. There's your honor I with all due respect I'm not going to rehash
3: the motion that's absolutely untrue and there's no 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 your arguments of record my comments are of record and why I ruled as I did is of record there's nothing that I heard in this trial to suggest anything's changed even if you're correct in your assumption that you know more than uh, I did at the time uh, you should have come to the court and say I want to go into this Uh, Why you would think that you could go into it without any advance notice to the court, I don't understand that. And as the uh, defense is pointing out, you're an experienced trial lawyer, and this should not have been gone into.
4: Your Honor, there have been things in this case, testimony in this case, that I believe opens the door to this. For example, the defense has introduced evidence that the defendant pointed a gun at a man wearing yellow pants because that person was on a car on the car source lot. Now, there's no justification that I can think of why the defendant would point that gun at someone. The defendant has just testified this morning that he agreed with that person in the yellow pants that he pointed the gun at him. He said, I was joking when I said that to the guy in the yellow pants, but he said he's acknowledged that he told the person in the yellow pants, yeah, you're right. I did point a gun at you when you were sitting on a car. He said, I did. That's what exactly. So he's agreeing. May I finish, please? I'd like to have a chance to make a record if I could without being interrupted, if that's okay. He has mentioned that he has acknowledged that he's used this gun to protect property, he's also just acknowledged that he knows he can't do that. I am attempting to impeach him now with the prior. August 10th incident 15 days prior involving the same gun where he is threatening to use that gun to protect property it he didn't goes the gun with it Your yeah. Honor he is yeah. saying he wished he did so he could shoot people
3: you know there's a lot of difference between commenting about something when you haven't got a gun and threatening someone when you do
4: you know it's interesting your honor because the entire defense theory in this case is joseph rosenbaum who was unarmed
3: I want you to tell me what the defense theory of the case is i want may, look, I, res- may I respond
4: to what you just said your honor i'd like to respond to what you Can just you said down, please. i i apologize madam court reporter but i'd like to try and make a record without anyone interrupting me if that's okay i believe that there is a central part of this case that Mr. Rosenbaum is making threats that he has no ability to carry out. So to your point, Your Honor, you're arguing that this August 10th incident, one one aspect of why you don't believe it's relevant is the defendant didn't have the gun with him. The, this case is about someone who didn't have a weapon, and yet the jury is being told because of those threats, that means the defendant has to defend himself. So with all due respect, Your Honor, Mere verbal threats have already been shown to this jury and used as a basis for someone's subsequent actions. I am attempting with the defendant to use his mere verbal threat on August 10th 15 days prior that he's going to shoot shoplifters with his AR-15 to impeach the defendant in a murder trial. I would ask the court's forbearance to do that. I apologize, Your Honor. You're right. I probably should have brought this to your attention earlier. I may have misunderstood your ruling, because I thought your ruling was, if the evidence in this case made that more relevant, you would admit it, or at least
0: we're really waiting for is for him to talk about uh, this one great line where he does this brazen thing. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit over him while he does it, because it is, it is kind of uh, goes on in and on and on and circles about this. But, you know, the judge does seem to have a bit of a temper on him. There's no doubt about that. And he is um, quite interested in sharing his opinions with the prosecutor. And it always seems to be on the side of Kyle Rittenhouse, which does present a bit of an issue, because the rest of the day turns out to be devastating for Kyle Rittenhouse. And we'll play some of those clips. Now, because the day just turns out into uh, a mess, you know, as we listen to Kyle Rittenhouse discuss all these things that happened to him that day, he appears to be at least misleading um, the prosecution in terms of what's going on, but uh, and, and, the, and the judge in terms of what's going on, but it could be worse as well, Do
3: you know, because you're talking about his beliefs. I think that's what
4: they call his statements to you, because he just said can't use deadly force, can't threaten to use deadly force to protect property. So now I'm impeaching him on that. Your
0: Your Honor. Doesn't really seem to know what's going on, does he? Anyhow, this goes on, so I won't bug you with too much of that. But let me take you to to later on in the day when um, this is an, an incredible exchange that goes on um, as you've heard, the prosecutor there mentioned the name Rosenbaum. This is one of the people that Kyle Rittenhouse um, shot at that at that day. It's a remarkable piece of prosecutorial questioning. You you'll admire the questioning because it really is fascinating. So let's take a look here at what happened on, in, in terms of that question.
4: And Mr. Ritten, or Mr. Rosenbaum has never said anything at all about wanting your gun. You never heard him say anything about that, correct? I haven't. You never said anything, he never said anything to you about using that gun at all, correct? I don't know
1: what Mr. Rosenbaum was thinking when he tried to grab my gun.
4: You just assumed that he was going to use it, that he was going to try and take it from you, first of all. And then you assumed he was going to try and use it on you.
1: If I would have let Mr. Rosenbaum get my
4: gun, he would have killed me. But you had already pointed your gun at him. Yes, because he was chasing me. Did you want him to think that you were going to shoot him? No, I never wanted to shoot Mr. Rosenbaum. Why'd you point it at him if you didn't have any intention of shooting? He was chasing me. I was alone. He threatened
1: to kill me earlier in that night. I didn't
4: want to have to shoot him. But you understand how dangerous it is to point a gun at someone, don't you?
1: I pointed at him because he kept running at me and I didn't want him to chase me.
4: But you understand how dangerous that is, don't you?
1: I pointed at him because he was chasing
4: me. I'll ask the question a third time, Mr. Rittenhouse. You understand. Uh, Don't
3: comment, Um, uh, just ask your question.
4: You understand how dangerous it is to point a gun at someone, correct? Yes. You understand that that puts someone else in fear that they're about to be killed, right? He was chasing me. You understand that when you point your AR-15 at someone else, that may make them feel like they are about to be killed by you, correct? Mr. Rosenbaum was chasing me.
1: He said he was going to kill me if he got me alone. I was alone. I was running from him. I pointed at him, and it didn't stop him from continuing to chase me.
4: Did you hear my question? Yes. Yet you chose not to answer.
2: Objection, Your Honor. He answered. He just didn't like the answer.
4: My question is, you understand that when you point your AR-15 at someone, it may make them feel like you're going to kill them. Correct? False
3: He asked if it it would affect someone that way, so as to perhaps deter the person.
4: Do you understand my question? I do. Can you please answer I did. I said,
1: Mr. Rosenbaum was chasing me. I pointed my gun at him, and that did not deter him. He could have ran away instead of trying to take my gun from me. But he kept chasing me. It didn't stop him.
4: Mr. Rittenhouse, you're telling us that you felt like you were about to die, right? Yes. But when you point the gun at someone else, that's going to make them feel like they're about to die, right? That's what you wanted him to feel. No. You wanted him to get the message from you that If you come any closer, I'm going to kill you. That's why you pointed the gun at him, right? I pointed the gun at him to deter him from, I I pointed the gun at him so he would stop
1: chasing me. That's why I pointed the gun at him.
4: Because if you point the gun at him, you were hoping he would stop chasing you because he would get the message from you that if he keeps coming, you're going to kill him, right? I didn't want to have to kill Mr. Roosevelt. That's not the question I asked. You the intent, uh,
3: it seems argumentative, Mr. Uh, Mr.
2: Uh,
3: he said it serves a useful purpose, it's badgering. Um, it does seem argumentative.
4: You intended in that sequence we just saw, you intended to point your gun back at Mr. Rosenbaum in the middle of the parking lot, right?
1: I pointed at him so he would stop chasing me, but he didn't
4: stop. That I was guess- your intentional decision, to point at him. That wasn't an accident. You know, I, you know, I'm
3: going to interrupt here.
4: The,
3: the jury cannot see you. I thought we moved it. I'm sorry. No. So please get it out of there. Okay.
4: The point I'm trying to get at Mr. Rittenhouse is that that wasn't like an accidental turning around and it just happens to be pointing in his direction, much like I am just happened to you know, wave this around. You made an intentional decision in the middle of that incident to turn and point the gun at Mr. Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. And you can understand why that would make someone fearful for their life, right? But he continued to chase me after, so no, I can't. It didn't work.
1: It it didn't stop Mr. Rosenbaum from chasing me.
4: And even after you shoot him one time and he starts falling, you continue to shoot three more times,
1: right? I continued to shoot until he was no longer
4: a threat to me. And then after that, you run around and he's lying there. FACE DOWN ON THE GROUND, CORRECT? YES. AND YOU'RE A MEDIC, CORRECT? I I HAVE FIRST AID TRAINING, YES. WELL, YOU PROCLAIMED YOURSELF THAT NIGHT TO BE A MEDIC, AN EMT. YOU TOLD EVERYONE THAT, RIGHT? YES. AND YOU HAD YOUR MEDIC BAG WITH YOU, CORRECT? YES. AND THIS LOCATION IS RIGHT ACROSS THE STREET FROM A HOSPITAL, ISN'T IT? YES. BUT YOUR FIRST THOUGHT WAS RUN AWAY. MY FIRST THOUGHT WAS TO HELP HIM. You didn't do anything to help him. You didn't do a single thing, did you? The crowd started to scream,
1: get him, get him, get him. And I didn't want to stay there with the crowd building and the mob advancing on me.
4: Were you surprised that a crowd would react that way when they just saw you shoot someone? I don't know. When you stood over Mr. Rosenbaum's body, did you know I'm, I'm. Go ahead. When you stood over Mr. Rosenbaum's body, did you know whether he was dead or alive? I didn't. Did you know whether or not it was possible at that moment to try and save him?
1: I wanted to hope Mr. Rosenbaum. And if the crowd wouldn't have started screaming to get him, get him, get him, I would have stayed and did everything I could to help Mr. Rosebaum, But the, the, the crowd just started to chase me and scream at me.
0: Well, no wonder they were chasing and screaming at him. He had just shot somebody for no good reason. It's, uh, it's remarkable to hear these questions about him being a medic and not really caring about the health of the person he had just shot, who he imagined was going to kill him. He just imagined he was going to kill him because he didn't really have a means with which to kill him. There's something so interesting about this whole idea of, of, uh, you know, somehow... Kyle is the victim here. Kyle is the one who's, who's the victim in the story, not the people he's actually shooting. you know. And it's a stunning sort of switch of of, a, of psychology, really, that makes explain exactly where we are in America today, where there's people who think they're victims of something that they're not victims of. They're, in fact, exactly not the victims of these things. It's interesting, and it goes on from there. I'll play you one last clip, um, and then don't forget, Dan Kirshner will be up later on in the hour maybe the start of the next hour. And then we've also got uh, uh, Kirby Summers on Ghislaine Maxwell coming up. But here's uh, uh, the other person that uh, Kyle shot. They're, talk- they're talking about him. Anthony Huber is his name.
4: You stumbled. That's what you told when your attorney was asking you questions, correct? Yes. No one knocked you to the ground. You lost your own balance, correct? I was hit to the point to where I stumbled. You said, in response to your attorney's questions, that you stumbled because you were lightheaded. Do you remember telling us that? From getting hit, yes. You were lightheaded because you had been running, and you were being chased. That was why you were lightheaded, right? That and being
1: hit, yes.
4: Let's continue. Pause. There is an individual who comes at you and uh, jumps towards you and attempts to kick you, correct? He does kick me, yes. And you fire two shots directly at him with your AR-15, correct? Yes. You intended to hit him with those bullets, correct? I intended for him, yes. At that close range, it's a miracle that you missed, right? I don't know. You intended to kill him with those shots, didn't you? No. Did you even care whether or not those two rounds were going to kill him? I didn't want to have to kill anybody that night. In this moment, you're making a deliberate decision to pull the trigger twice, correct? Yes. That wasn't an accident. That was your conscious decision, wasn't it? Yes. And you're firing an AR-15 at close range TO THIS INDIVIDUAL, CORRECT? YES. AND YOU f- KNEW FULL WELL THAT IF YOU HIT HIM WITH ONE OR BOTH OF THOSE BULLETS, IT COULD KILL HIM, RIGHT? THERE'S THAT POSSIBILITY. IF YOU HIT HIM WITH ONE OF THOSE, WOULDN'T YOU AGREE IT'S A PRETTY STRONG LIKELIHOOD YOU'RE GONNA KILL HIM? I, I DON'T KNOW. if. DID THAT EVEN FACTOR INTO YOUR MIND AT THAT POINT? DID YOU EVEN CARE WHETHER YOU WERE GONNA KILL HIM OR NOT? I I didn't want to have to kill anybody. I was being attacked. That's why I shot him. But shot at him. You shot at him with the intent of hitting him and killing him, correct? I didn't want to kill anybody. Then why are you shooting at someone with an AR-15 at close range if you don't want to kill him? Because he's attacking me. Because he would get.
1: He's stomping my face and. Jumping and kicking my face and.
4: That. You didn't see any weapons on that person, did you? No. You didn't see a gun? No. You didn't see a knife? No. You didn't see a bat or a club? No. You didn't see a chain? No. All he uses is one foot, correct? Yes. Let's continue the video. Pause. You've just shot a round into Anthony Huber's chest, right? Yes. Now. Up until this moment, and probably for the rest of that evening, you didn't know the name Anthony Huber, did you? I did not. Up until this moment in this evening, you had never had any interaction with him, took any notice of him, fair to say? Yes. Okay. And when you shoot him, he's got his skateboard in his hand? Yes. You didn't see any gun in his hand, correct? No. You didn't see a knife? No. You didn't see a bat? No. You didn't see a club? No. All he's got is the skateboard, right? That he's hit me in the head with twice, yes. Okay. And you intended to pull the trigger at that moment with your AR-15, correct? Yes. That wasn't an accident. No. That was your deliberate decision, correct? Yes. And you knew that the way that gun was positioned, you were going to fire that bullet right into his chest, right? He was attacking me, so I pulled the trigger. And you knew that when you pulled that trigger that bullet was going to go right into his chest, didn't you? I can't say, I don't know where the bullet would have went exactly. The end of that gun was pointed directly at his chest when you pulled the trigger, correct? Yes. And you knew that, correct? Yes. And you still pulled the trigger, didn't you? Yes. Because you intended to kill Anthony Hubert at that moment, didn't you?
0: No. Thank you for spending your time with Narrative and stay tuned. There's much more to this conversation in our next episode. Narrative is made possible by viewers and listeners like you who join at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Join today and support truly independent journalism. patreon.com forward slash narrative.